This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. All right, you guys, we are here. Victoria Aaron, Polly Siegel, Shit Talking Shrinks. Welcome to Seeing Other People. I'm so excited to have you. Yay! We are pumped. We are pumped. I went into this recording thinking, oh my God, this is going to be like a really fun, really helpful, really silly recording. But new information has been brought to my attention that I think Mm -hmm. we need to address first. And it Mm -hmm. might put a little somber dampering on the silliness. But um, Polly, what's going on? (laughs) So last time we recorded... Well, last time Victoria and I recorded, Victoria had a partner and I had a partner who oh, yeah, I, I thought I thought we were on track for an engagement and that did not happen. And things took a unpredictable turn. And so now I'm single. And now I get to listen to your podcast and actually be in the seat of singleness and take it in. I mean, from that perspective, like, yay, but, um, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's, I mean, I want to talk about it, not just to like announce news, but because that's something that obviously like, you're not the only person in the world who's gone through that. You're not the only person in the world who will go through that, but I can't begin to imagine how that feels to really think one thing is happening and then the complete opposite. Um, how have you been navigating that? How have you been trying to heal or even like process it? Well, I think at first it was just this complete shock and denial. And it almost felt like I was living in a like surreal state because I had felt so confident and so trustworthy of the process. And, um, it felt like it was sort of a done deal. And then, you know, when, 
and and not to get into the nitty gritty details, but when it came to both of our attention that that things weren't able to move forward, it was at first devastation, but then there was like this experience of relief. And mm-hmm. I find that to be really interesting because I think one probably wouldn't describe that emotion relief being the outcome of, you know, a pre-engagement being called off. Again, we were not engaged, but we were like in the process of of creating a ring and moving in that direction. And I think so far what I've been doing is so much inner healing and so much inner work right now, which would have never happened had, you know, him and I continued on that track. And the work that I'm doing is really profound. And I think I'm so grateful for for what I've been looking at inward and and what I'm starting to see and be able to change in in preparation for the next relationship. That is so beautiful to hear. And I'm so proud of you for taking this shocking experience and turning it into something positive instead of, you know, and I'm sure there have been days where you're just crying in bed and don't want to get out of bed. Like I'm sure that experience has happened too. Like two things can be true at the same time, but it's, it's really difficult to go through something like that and say like, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to become the best person that I can be in light of this instead of, well, everything sucks. I hate this person. I hate this situation that this happened to me because that attitude might be easier, but it doesn't benefit you in the long run. Yeah. And, and, and not to say that I don't have intense emotions, you know, I, I feel anger, I feel resentment, I feel betrayal. I feel everything one would, would imagine after an event like that. But I think you're right. There's the ability to channel it in a more effective or more healing way, which for me is to just take a really hard look at myself and the parts of myself that I need to transform and the parts that need to heal. And that is only possible um, by going inward. So do you think you kind of had this like natural ability to go do that or natural thought idea to go do that because? you're a therapist because like you help other people do this or do you think it it was just something in you after this experience and that maybe feeling of relief that you had that you're like this is the path for me now no i mean i think as a therapist we know that like when something traumatic happens like you either avoid and you check out and you use numbing strategies or you go into the trenches and you you really be in it and you feel and you move through it and you get to the other side of it. So I think obviously as a therapist, the training is like, Paulina, you can't check out. Like this is the time to really be doing the self-work that's going to help you heal from what happened. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of yeah. you and I I feel for you. Um, it's Thanks. Yeah. I'm sorry. that She's happened. been a fucking rock star. Like, I mean, watching her go through it and being by her side for some of it. I think, you know, number one, if anybody who's listening is going through such a traumatic process, the last thing you should do is shut out your friends, shut out your people. Like you have to be around people. You have to let them come into your house. You have to let them take you out. You have to let them hold you, you know? And I know today we're talking about like taking advice and things like that. And like, if I could give any advice without speaking my will, other people's 
you know, movement forward. It's like, you have to let people hold you. Yeah. You know, and she's, she's just been incredible. And I, I don't know, it's been amazing to watch her. I love that. And she's lucky to have you and you're lucky to have her. I'm lucky to have her. Yeah. She's, she's my partner in crime. And in fact, for any talking about being held on the day two of breakup, I, I was held physically by Victoria and she pet my hair because that's what I requested. And I weeped in her arms. So she doesn't mean just emotionally being held. Sometimes physically you need to be held. Also held you in a <laughs> well, I love that you said, I love that you said she pet my hair because that's what I requested. And I think even in that there's a takeaway. It's like, ask for what you need when yeah. like on a, on a normal day, don't be afraid to, but especially when you're down, like it's not, there's nothing bad about asking for help. Like we, I think we all need to ask for help more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we do. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way. Well, how are you feeling about, about singlehood? Like, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you (laughs) petrified? (laughs) Well, so Victoria and I have been single girlies in the city. We have, her and I have never been single at the same time. So this is like a new chapter for us as shit talking (laughs) shrinks, but also as best friends that we're just like navigating this dating process to the best of our ability. And we're fucking laughing along the way. I love that so much. And how beautiful is it that you guys get to do this together? Amazing. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. Fuck no. Amazing. Okay. Well, speaking of friends and dating, I really want to talk to you guys because of A, the fact that you're friends, because of B, the fact that you're therapists about dating advice. And I'm not saying like, what's your advice for dating? I'm saying like actual giving and getting advice, because this is something that I get questions about all the time. And I see it happen too in real time with my friends. I've experienced this for myself from both sides of it, where, you know, somebody wants advice and goes to their friends and the advice that they get might not feel right to them or a friend comes to you for advice and you don't know if you should kind of like coddle them and be like, yeah, like whatever you think is right or actually tell them how you feel. And I got a listener question in here um, that really like, I I saw this question. I was like, you know what? This isn't just like a listener question that we address for a minute. Like this is a bigger conversation that needs Mm -hmm. to be had. So the question is, hi, Alana, I'm hoping you or a guest can help me out here. I've been struggling with balancing getting advice versus trusting my gut in all of my dating situations. When I'm anxious, I feel like I want advice from friends and need every single person's opinion on what to do. But then my other extreme is not wanting to talk to anyone about what's going on when it's going well, because I'm scared of second guessing if I get opinions that I don't agree with. How should I handle getting advice from friends? Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? It is so normal, but it's not talked about and it makes all of us going through it feel really alone and frustrated. And I'm one of those women and I have been so self-conscious about my hair thinning and shedding for so long. That is why I'm eternally grateful that I found Nutrafol last year. And honestly, I wish I had tried it sooner. When my team asked me recently if I wanted to team up with Nutrafol, I have never said yes to something faster. Nutrafol has become a part of my routine that I can't live without because of how much it's helped me and I truly could not recommend it more highly. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. 
and it is so easy to start your hair journey. You can take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root cause. Because everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. That's why Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as well as for different lifestyles like plant-based diets. And I know, I know, it can be hard to commit long-term to doing something every single day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automatic delivery ensures that you'll never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. If I can do it, so can you. It's kind of funny that I'm recording this right now as I'm literally about to go get a haircut because my hair is probably the longest it's ever been right now and my hair never used to grow. But now it does and it's really all thanks to Nutrafol. Plus, I am so grateful to be going into my wedding feeling confident about my hair and that is definitely not something I expected to be able to say before starting Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners a $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one thing I need to worry about. And I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factors roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat, but honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 and use code seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. That's code seeingotherpeople50 at factormeals.com slash seeingotherpeople50 to get 50% off. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. 
I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Mm. Well, first of all, I don't want to pathologize your guest, right? But it just sounds like an enormous amount of anxiety in general, right? Like she sounds or they sound anxious, really anxious. So I think first of all, like when I think about why I want somebody's opinion on something I'm doing, I have to go inward and ask myself that. Why am I asking for their opinion in general? Right. So like, that's the first piece. And then the second piece is when I go to the person, usually I go to a person who I know what I'm going to get from them. Right. When I go to Paulina about a guy, I know I'm going to get a harsh truth reality because Paulina doesn't, she doesn't, you know, mince words. She tells me what she feels. She tells me what she thinks. Right. So I know who I'm going to and what I'm getting from them. but. Unfortunately, like nobody, any, nothing anybody says really is going to make a difference a lot of the time for me. I'm the type of person that I'll ask you for your opinion on something and I usually won't take what you give me. Do you know what I mean? Does that impact your thought process at all though? Like if you ask for my opinion, I tell you my opinion or what I think you should do. And then you go and do the opposite. But are you like, ooh, but like if this backfires, Alana's going to be like, I told you so. We're like, ooh, should I take Alana's advice into consideration because I asked her for it? Like, does it cloud your thought process and your actions at all? So here's what I know about myself and why I ask for advice. Really why I'm asking for advice is because I want to connect with you and I want to, I want to, I want you to know what's going on in my life. And I just feel weird saying like, hey, I just want you to know what's going on in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't actually want anybody's opinion. I don't care. You know, like it's, it really, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me because I'm the type of person that does what I want to do when I want to do it. But I just really want you to know what's happening for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about the types of people who are asking advice, hoping that the response will validate what they were already thinking they were going to do. Like how often do people ask for advice and genuinely not know, like, or aren't leaning at least one way? I mean, I would say, I would say, well, here's, I want to come back to your original question. Cause I think, or her, her, was it a woman who wrote in? Yes. Um, first and foremost, one of my favorite quotes is the following opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one. Okay, so it doesn't matter who you talk to, everyone's going to have a take or a stance or a vantage point as they assess what you're giving them. But I think for me, when it comes to advice, it's really being able to look at the countertransference that comes from the other person, because countertransference, and I'll define that for everyone, is it's when you 
experience someone else's situation and it brings up or it triggers your own yuck because of your own history or your own experiences of the past. So we're constantly creating countertransference. So when this woman asks her friends, what do you think of this guy? Every single person has their own countertransference that's showing up in the conversation. And I think it's really important to be able to be the observer to that and say, what is my best friend Sarah's countertransference? What's Rachel's? What's Victoria's? How can I kind of look at that countertransference? And then as I internalize what they told me, I can then kind of understand their positioning and how much of it is really worth me to try on. I think it's imperative to understand that piece. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, I think the problem that people run into is, and and I've said this so many times, but I don't know how much that point gets across is like, I could ask the two of you for advice, but you both have had different experiences than me in your life, in your relationships. You both may have different anxieties than me. And so what feels right for you and what you genuinely would do in my situation might not feel right for me. And then I'm left with like, okay, well, I have what feels right for me. What this per these people that I trust and like look to for help are telling me to do, which is what feels right for them. Should I do the thing that the person I asked for advice from is telling me to do, or should I do what feels right for me? But what feels right for me and what I've done in the past maybe hasn't served me best. Yeah. So should I try something different, even if it feels uncomfortable and foreign? I think so. Here's here's the other piece of it, too, in, in terms of that. Right. Like we were on a girl's trip and um, we were talking a lot about this. Everybody's giving their opinions on what everybody's doing. Right. I don't think you should do that. I do think you should do that. And I'm sitting and I'm listening and then I have my own therapy and then I have a client And I'm like, everybody's just projecting their shit on each other, right? All the countertransference, all the opinions, all of the everything, right? What the type of friend that I want to be is that when somebody comes to me for advice, the first thing I say to them is, what do you need from me? Like, do you need me to just hold space and support you? Or can I do, would you you like me to provide some type of insight? Right. And the type of friend I want to be is I want to be a safe friend forever. Because a lot of times what happens is when somebody gives a piece of advice or an opinion, and I don't take that advice, right? Or somebody doesn't take that advice, then they're scared to come back, right? I think you said that, Alana. It's like, oh shit, like now I can't go back to them. And it's like, we just need to be like compassionate, loving, open, regardless of how we feel about our friends' decisions. And the, I think the advice we give should reflect that, that like, this Mm -hmm. is what I would do in this situation, not you should do this right? Like take it off them, be mindful and aware of your own shit. Right. And then like provide insight that's compassionate. Yeah. Well, and I I think the other piece, and, and this is to echo what Victoria is saying is I almost think of advice as like trying on clothes at Target. So like I go to Target, I see something on the rack. Okay. It looks appealing. I want to put it on my body. I have no idea whether it's going to fit or look good or whether I'll like it, but I take it to the dressing room and I try it on and I look in the mirror and I evaluate, does this work for me? How do I feel in this? Does this make me feel 
flirty, cute, and energized? Does this make me feel cozy, cuddly, and comforted? Does this make me feel like absolute dog shit, right? Like what is the internal experience? And it, to me, it's the same with advice. When Sally says to Sarah, I think you should break up with him. And Sarah's like, Ugh. like, look in the mirror and try it on, right? Put on the clothes that she just gave you and really take an intuitive look and close your eyes and go inward and say like, as she gives me this advice of I need to end things with him, what is my body saying? How is my physiological response, you know, in that moment? Do Does that feel right to me? Does that feel yucky? If it feels yucky, then ask that part of you internally questions. Like when I get someone's advice and it doesn't sit right with me, I don't immediately disqualify it. I, I don't take the approach of Victoria, which she's just like, fuck that. I don't care. Like I very, I'm like, okay, let me look inward and neither is right or wrong. It's just like a different approach of like censoring information, but it's like going inward for me and just being like, okay, what, this doesn't feel good because of X. My nervous system doesn't want to hold this because of Y. I feel that I'm having a response because of Z. It's being like evaluative. And if you look in the mirror and you're like, this this outfit's not for me, you put it back on the rack. And it's the same. I don't know. That's how I'm understanding like advice. Like if this woman doesn't like it, put it back on the rack. And that's totally what Victoria is saying is like, fuck that. I don't care. I don't want it. And she and and I think people have that right to go like, no, thank you. That's not for me. I love that. And I love the idea of considering like, okay, how does this feel like sitting with it for a minute or an hour or a day, however long it is, even if it's 10 seconds, like just actually thinking about it rather than just dismissing it and going one step further, maybe to say like, well, what are the reasons that Sally is saying you should break up with him? Like trying to understand that perspective. And maybe it's not even like someone telling you like what to do that in that extreme case of like, should you break up with them or not? But like, should you text them or ask them out on the next date or meet their friends, whatever the situation is, you know, think about the person you're getting this advice from and what their experiences have been, because they're probably not trying to sabotage you. They are probably trying to give you their advice to the best of their ability based on their experiences. So mm -hmm. know who you're talking to and know who you're getting advice from and, and really choose wisely, maybe the people you go to for advice. And, and I love the, the trying on the bathroom concept and Victoria, I loved what you mentioned about being the type of friend who says like, what do you need? Like for, I told you guys, I'm going wedding dress shopping right after this. I'm bringing one of my best friends from college and she and I have completely different tastes. Like mm. she will be the first to tell me, like, I really hate that dress. And like, I've said that to her too. I'm like, you look like a nun. Like we <laughs> have completely different tastes. And like, it might be a crazy concept that I'm bringing her wedding dress shopping because of that. But I actually don't want her advice or opinion at all. I just right. want her to be there to like cheer me on and make it fun. And I'm going to tell her that. And I'm pretty sure she already knows that because yeah. It, yeah. There, like, there's no, I think we both know, like, I'm not asking you to tell me which dresses to wear because we know each other and we know that that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Right. 
prior to the breakup, like this was before I even know, knew that things were off course. I was really, I was trying to evaluate whether the way that I was showing up in the relationship was creating a dysfunctional pattern. And Victor and I, Victoria and I were laying on the, my bed and she was like, ask this question she always does, which is like, what do you need from me? Which is brilliant and is so helpful because it softens the other person. It allows the other person to open their heart or not open their heart. And it's a, a consensual choice. But in that moment, my heart wanted to be open. And I, you know, I said, do you feel like I'm emasculating him? And she was like, I do. Yeah, I, I see this pattern in you. And I think it's something that you need to look at because it's going to create ongoing dysfunctional pattern. And that was that was like a moment where I put on the clothes and I looked in the mirror and I was like, she's absolutely right. Like that but, resonates with me. Would she have ever said that had you not asked? That's I don't know. Thing would I you, get would into you have? Too. Would you have? No. No, I, I, I don't think um, like that's a very hard thing to say to your best friend, you know, and that's that's just a hard thing to say when someone's not paying me to say it, you know, like <laughs> yeah. um, and the reason that I could say it so bluntly to Paulina is because I did it in my last relationship, my seven and a half year relationship. Right. And and I was the martyr. Right. I was I was look at how much I do for you. I was the enabler. I'm the martyr. And then by the time I look back, years and years of me disabling somebody by saying like, oh, you're not going to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Look at everything I do. You know, so it's like um, I have so much experience with that. And the little that I knew about what was going on for her, it just like I was like, oh, shit, she's doing what I did. Um, but I wouldn't have because I don't think. I really don't think it's our place a lot of times, even like, and, and this also comes from, you know, I was raised by like a very private mother, a private Jewish mother, right? And you don't say certain things and you don't do certain things. And I've always been extremely open, which has made my family, very, my mom, especially very uncomfortable, but learning how to be a girlfriend, like an intimate girlfriend to Paulina, to our other friends, right? It's like, if someone's going to ask me for my opinion it's really beautiful to say it because it makes the friendship more intimate because you're like, Oh, I can really tell her the truth or the truth that I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious how that ties into your roles as therapists, because I feel like I've heard rumors that as a therapist, you're not necessarily supposed to like outright give advice. You're more supposed to like, listen and maybe point out some patterns and try and guide somebody in a direction without outright saying you're emasculating him. Is that true? And how, like, does that make it complicated? Like, are there ever times where you just like want to scream, like, stop doing this? Like you're self-sabotaging, like do this other thing. Like you've done this 10 times, you know? So the way Paulina and I practice is different, right? Okay. I, I am a therapist by training, but I'm, I'm a coach. So, and people pay me, I, I work with people for a minimum of 90 days in their homes, in their entire environments. I build wow. up their entire foundation. So, and they're paying me a, a, a nice chunk of change. So I'm telling them the truth, right? You, I meet with my clients and I'm like, if you don't like me and I don't like you, this is not going to work because I'm in your house. I'm in your family. I'm in your entire system. I tell them exactly how it is. 
Like there's just no, there's no like, well, how are you feeling? And what are you thinking? It's like, you're fucking up, you know, (laughs) because, because that's, that's, that's what it is though. That's my role in their life. Um, that's awesome. It's, it's great. It's perfect for my personality. (laughs) Yeah. I I would never be able to do that, but I believe that you can. (laughs) I I think for me, so I'm not in people's homes. I'm in the traditional outpatient setting, which is I have a client come to me once or twice, you know, a week or biweekly, just traditional outpatient therapy. And so, yeah, I think as therapists, we are clinically trained to not give advice because advice inherently is viewed as countertransference. And as therapists, we're always checking ourselves to say how much of our, our, how much of our own yuck is showing up in the room with a client? And if our own yuck is, how do we check it at the door? And so I think that's that's really the the foundation of why it's discouraged. For me as a clinician, I am very honest of here's what I'm noticing. Here's my observation. What comes up for you? And I allow the self-exploration for them to go, I feel blank or I'm noticing blank or I'm having this experience. I don't necessarily tell them do X, Y, and Z or do A plus B and you will get C because I'm not a fortune teller. I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen in a situation. But what I do know is I can point out patterns and things that stand out to me in the hopes to have thoughtful dialogue. And I think the same happens with, with friends whether it's me and Victoria of her pointing out a pattern in me or me pointing out a pattern or pattern in her. And then the other person gets to decide, do they try it on and do they take it home from target or do they leave it at the door? Yeah. 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 Um, also one of the things I think about from your listener question, I don't know um, if it's okay that I go back to it. Um, Please. But so it's really interesting. My, our friend, our friend, Marnie dared me to not have sex for a month. She was like, cause I was on like a rampage. I was like, I, I was just like, I got to find somebody. I got to find something. I got to do this. I got to do this. It was like new thing every week. Right. And so she dared me to not do it. And I, and I ended up following it and I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't intimate with anybody for about 60 days. And what that taught me and what that brought me was such a sense of ease within myself. I went through moments of like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I would like be crying and shaking in my bed because I'm so used to the idea of having somebody or wanting somebody in my life and wanting a partner. And as the days progressed and as things went on, I got more and more clarity around myself and my patterns of behavior. And so now that I've like kind of been reintegrating, something comes up on my phone, a message from Hinge, or, you know, I get a text and immediately I'm like, no, I don't even need to call Pauline anymore. I don't even need, cause I know exactly what it is that I'm willing to take and what I'm not, yeah. you know? And it gave me, it was really empowering. It was really bizarre. No, I mean, it sounds like you're, you learned yourself and you learned what does feel right and what are the right decisions. And I think it's really empowering to not have to run every decision by someone else. And I've definitely been there where like, I felt like I couldn't, do anything in my dating life without it being validated by my whole group chat. But then that would feel bad then when I wanted to do something and they were all like, no, Alana, that's crazy. (laughs) Don't you dare send that text that you want to send. But like, I had to do it because it 
was what I felt like I needed to do. But I want to like bring up going back to kind of like the the therapist role with mm. Paulina, how you practice. What if there's a situation where your client is like about to make a bad decision? And yes, maybe in like a month or two more months of sessions, you could get them to realize why that was not the right decision. But in that moment, like they're saying they're going to do this thing. And it's not like a life-threatening thing, but something that really ultimately won't serve them. Do you step in and say like, maybe don't do that or try this other thing? Or do you let them learn from it down the road? Well, first to best answer that I'm always looking at is the client in imminent danger, right? Like if the client's not in imminent danger, then, then, you know, I can't police their behavior or police their choices. I can say to a client, here's what's coming up for me. And I can share with them what I'm noticing in my own body as they share this information, which I do a lot actually. And I can say, I'm wondering how, if you choose to do why, how that serves you. I can ask questions that evoke critical thinking and can create interesting and meaningful dialogue, but I'm never going to say them to them, don't do that, or you should do that. It's about asking questions that, that evoke thoughtful introspection. I like that. And I feel like that's in the realm of possibility for a friend to do too, if they think their friend is about to make a bad decision or do something that might get them hurt. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I feel like that happened to us the other day, Victoria, when I was at the dry cleaner for the fourth (laughs) fucking time because this woman keeps fucking up my pants. Oh no. (laughs) But like I've been on the phone with her every single time she's been in there. She's like, these still aren't right. This poor woman. (laughs) So when I was the solution. Right. So when I this was the fourth time I was at the dry cleaner, Taylor, and I, you know. Victoria was telling me something that she had experienced and I've had a visceral reaction. I could feel in my body this sense of protection of like, oh God, Victoria, please don't do this. Like, this is a bad idea. And I don't remember how I said it to you, V, but I think I was like, I'm having like sort of a protective response here. Do you want me to share it? I don't know. Did I say it that way? I don't remember even what your type, did you do it? Did you share? No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were like, I want to know the response. And so when you gave me permission, I was like, here's my protective response. Can we, can we talk about specifics? What happened? Tell me, you know, I have brain damage. I want to know. You, you <laughs> want me to, you want me to announce? Yeah, it? I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Um, you had, you were talking with Cameron and you had seen him on the boat. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. 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 My okay, I need more. Okay. So- some of your your, your listeners too. 365 days to the, to, to the day that I stormed out of my ex's family's house in Lake Geneva, right? I'm on a boat in Lake Geneva. He pulls up on a boat next to me. Shut up. And 365 days later, and I spend a, a time on a boat with him. And then I see his family for the first time in a year. I was with this guy for seven and a half years. It was wild. This is a movie. It was a movie. It was wild. And Paulina was, was giving me, yes, I remember her insight about it. He's not safe. This isn't good. You know what I mean? And what was so interesting about it is the amount of healing I've done in the last year 
I was so detached from him and like how I felt around him. And I felt so good in my life and in, I feel so good in my life and who I am. And it was shocking. It was shocking to be okay, you know, but it was kind of movie like. I mean, even that is movie. That's the end of the movie. That's like that's the a end. year later yeah. and you're doing great and yeah. you don't feel the urge to like go back to him because of all the work you did. Yep. yep. And that's fucking powerful. awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I did. I, I uh, checked in when Paulina said she doesn't feel good about it. I did listen to her. You know, I, I, I felt, I, I understand where she's coming from because the other piece of this whole advice giving is for the most part, the people that you have in your life want to protect you and want to keep you safe. Yeah. You know, yeah, they just true. like want the best for you. Hopefully God, please keep people around you who want the best for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you, do you I feel okay. a lot? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do you feel Alana that we answered your, the caller question or did yeah. we miss aspects of it? No, I, I think, I think there's a lot to take away. I think, you know, looking within and, and figuring out why you're asking for advice. Is it validation that you're looking for? Is it just to connect with somebody where you already know what you're going to do, but, but like you said, Victoria, like just updating them on something. Um, I think figuring out who the people you really should be going to for advice versus should not is important. Um, and Pauline, I loved your takeaway about really ask, like sitting with it for a second and, and seeing how it feels and like, oh, like, is there merit to this? Like, maybe they do have a point and maybe I should consider exploring that path. I think there's a lot to take away where it doesn't just have to be like, okay, what should I do in this situation? And then somebody tells me and I have to either listen to them or now question my judgment because they said something different. Like there's so much more to it and so much more to explore within it where you can still, you should feel empowered to make decisions that feel right for you. And if you want some help with that, that's amazing. If you ask for help and the help you get doesn't feel right, that's okay too. Yeah. You can put it back on the rack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like don't need you, to buy it. You don't need to buy it. That's the empowerment piece. And and Victoria does a beautiful job of that, of, of being able to decipher what fits and what doesn't. Yeah. But that's because she knows herself. Yeah. That's because there's real transformative work that has been done. That's the other key part. If you're someone who's constantly looking for advice from other people, my question is how much of a sense of identity do you have? Right. I'm I'm going to challenge people that if you're constantly, you know, running it by 100 people, I wonder if you struggle with a sense of self-trust. Yeah. How, what's your connection to self? How much do you trust yourself? Do you listen to your nervous system? Do you follow your intuition? Do you allow yeah. your inner workings to guide you? Because the you could poll 100 people and get 100 different answers. Neither of them are right or wrong. They're just subjective. So I, I guess maybe the clinician in me is like, if you're someone who's always asking for advice, like what work could you be doing to strengthen your connection to self? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And and I do feel like I see that happening where I I can tell from people I know who have been through something and then take the time to heal from it, that healing period, they 
become so much more comfortable with who they are. They learn what they value and they come out of that experience. Though it hurt at first, they come out so much stronger and so much more confident in who they are and what they want. And that allows them to make choices, to know what feels right and to lean on other people less because they've taken this time to get to know themselves where otherwise they may not have. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. I have a few other listener questions that I want to ask while you guys are here. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. How can I ask for more communication when someone doesn't text or initiate communication between dates? We continue to see each other and make plans, but I rarely hear from him in between and it makes me question everything. You want to take that one? (laughs) I feel like, do you want to? Sure. Okay. Well, I've been here. You know, retweet. Like, like, hello. Yeah. Retweet. Um, so here's what's interesting, right? My mom has always taught me, and this is heteronormative. I'm, I'm, I know that so well, right? Like my mom has always told me men think with their feet, right? Like if a man wants you, he's going to come to you. If a man wants you, he's going to reach out to you. If a man wants to do something, they're doing it. This is what my mom has like ingrained in me, right? I've never heard that phrase in my life. Men think with their feet. Men think with their feet. Yep. They want to show up, they show up. So for me, right. Anytime I've ever had that happening. And then I'm like, Hey, like, I'm just curious, like when you don't reach out, um, it makes me feel like we're disconnected. Is everything okay? Or, you know, I could phrase it a hundred different ways. What I'm asking for is more communication that I want more time from them. Right. What ends, what I've seen happen in my own life is I ask for that. They give it to me for a little bit, then they fall off again. They give it. So it's like, if I'm left feeling confused, it's because they're actually not as uh, invested as I am. That's been my experience. There's no confusion uh, when two people are invested. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, that's how and I it's feel. Tough, but I, I do, and. I'm actually curious what you guys think of this because I find myself struggling with this situation often where I have friends go through this every week and they're they're asking me like, what do I do? Like, is he not interested? Is it already over? And there are definitely times where I think, yeah, he's not interested. It's already over. But I feel like they just need a cheerleader in that moment. Versus somebody to really tell them like, yeah, it's already over, move on. And I'm, I'm very bad at being blunt with people. I, Victoria, I'm the opposite of you. I'm like, you never know. It's, a, it's not a no until it's a no. But in those situations, when do, should, I mean, maybe that's like, do you want my honest opinion or do you want me to support you? But even saying that, I feel like that, gets my thought across of like, well, my honest opinion isn't what you want to hear. Well, also it's amazing though, because like this, this is your realm. This is your niche. Like this is what you do. Right. So, you know, you know that there's no confusion. If somebody's giving people bad news. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think leading off with, would you like my honest opinion or would you like me to just like hold space? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's my answer. Sorry, listener. <laughs> I will say I had, I had a friend send me a screenshot of a text she sent last night. She had um, sent me a voice note asking if she should say this text. 
but I didn't see her message until like hours later. So she said, I texted him and I was like, okay, what'd you say? And she said, so since I won't see you for a bit, I wanted to ask how, what you're thinking and how you're feeling about things. I know you'll be away for a bit, but I've really enjoyed our time together and would love to keep getting to know you. I tend to assume that lack of texting is lack of interest just based on past experiences, but I don't want to make any false assumptions if that's the case. I know plenty of people just don't text as much. So I'm curious what you're thinking. And she said, don't tell me it's bad. She, that's what she said to me. Like she was afraid I was going to be like, you shouldn't have said that. And I responded in all caps. I'm so proud of you because sending that text is going to get her her answer. Right. Right. That was beautifully written. Yep. I love that. And he responded that he knows he has a crazy few weeks coming up, but he also is enjoying spending time together and wants to keep getting to know her and that he's sorry about his lack of texting skills. Victoria's shaking her head. No, No, she's just not a priority to him. I need listen. I think I can't stand it. I can't, I I get it. And that's how she gets her answer. And that's how she gets clarity. But it's like, seriously, like if, if I'm a priority in somebody's life, I know it. Paulina and I talk on the phone five times a day. We're both busy. We both have our own businesses. We both have families. We both have other loved ones, but she and I talk anybody in my life that I prioritize. They know I love them. There's no fucking question. You're right. (sighs) Hmm. Your friend should go, keep going out. She will don't listen bank to on, this. Don't bank <laughs> on that guy. Uh, although, although I will say I am impressed with her vulnerability and her advocacy skills. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think it is, it does take bravery, right? To be like, like, I'll give her that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. am I wrong? I think nope, that that takes right. balls. And that's yeah. really cool that she said that to him. No, you're a hundred. I'm, I'm a hundred percent. I agree with you. I guess I'm at the point now. Cause I've done that so many times where I'm like, Oh, I'm not even doing that shit. Yeah. Cause you know, sorry, your friend's great. I'm sorry. friend. No, you didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> okay, good. Not at all. You, I, I, but I think the truth is, is like what you're getting at is the no bullshit assessment, which most yeah. people bring a lot of bullshit to dating and you yes. and we've both adapted a no BS policy, whereas like if someone's not leaning in and showing up wholeheartedly and there's not the ability to to change that dynamic, then you move on. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you're right. You're yeah. Right. All right. One more. Hello. 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 Hi. I'm in my first serious relationship. As we began to become physically intimate, we have breached the conversation about porn and I'm feeling uneasy. We've tabled this conversation due to other life things like me having anxiety and him studying for his board exams. And we've agreed to sit on it and empathize with the the other person's point of view. I'm not against self-pleasure, porn, or my significant other. I'm nervous about the long-term effects or what porn consumption can lead to. I've asked him to reevaluate and try and make his consumption look different, aka less. What is helpful to think about porn? Is this a valid ask? Even though it's a personal thing, it does feel like it impacts our sex life. Mm. Uh, Okay, so it, sorry, I'm trained in this. So it's like, I just have so much to say. Go ahead. I saved this question for this recording. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Victoria has gone through formal training. I have done a lot of my own self-research on porn and porn-induced ED and and all of that, but I'll let the you answer. And then if there's time, I'll share my thoughts. Porn will affect your sex life a hundred percent. So, and it's not, not in a good way. So that's number one. Number two is it's amazing to me that somebody who's going and sitting for their boards 
is questioning if porn affects their brain. It literally damages the gray matter in your brain. Um, and I'm a huge pro-sex advocate. I used to watch a lot of porn. I understand it. I understand there's, you know, a lot of different facets to it. Um, but if you're trying to have a healthy sexual ideal, and if you are trying to have an intimate and engaging and, uh, spontaneous and healthy sex life, porn is usually not a part of that. Um, and the reason is, is because for, I mean, there are so many reasons that we could literally spend hours talking about it, but scientifically speaking, it is actually damaging your brain. The amount of dopamine that gets released into your brain from one image, right? Let's say, let's say you have a certain kink and you can watch that kink 30 times in one minute. The amount of dopamine that's getting released into your brain is actually affecting your functionality. It's affecting the, your ability to live your life. It's affecting your sleep. It's affecting your ability to do your job. And so, no, you know, uh, could porn be fun for two partners to engage in together? Sure. Um, if somebody's able to watch porn safely, great. But the whole point of porn is to get you addicted, right? Mm. It's like with anything, it, it wants you to continue to come back. And so, um, and this isn't like a moral, this isn't a moral failing. It's, it's literally brilliant in the porn industry. It's incredible what they're able to do. Um, but, but just medically speaking, it is not healthy for a, I hate using the word healthy, but it's not healthy for a healthy sex life. Truly. And, and to add to the science piece. So what happens is, is porn is called a super stimuli, right? So as, as V said, it releases a lot of dopamine. And so when your brain goes into overdrive and it's releasing so much dopamine, it creates depletion and the receptors in the brain start to become numb and desensitized. So then when that person goes back to his real life partner, a real life partner can't compete with super stimuli ever. I don't care how hot you are or what party tricks you bring to the table. It's not possible. So that person with chronic use is depleting dopamine receptors, which then will make him less connected in his intimate partnership. What do you think the best way for this listener to communicate that to her partner is? Yeah. Well, I think science. Hey, babe, let's look at the science. This isn't subjective or emotional. Also, just another piece of this, because I'm sure a lot you have a lot of different types of listeners, but, um, you know, porn also doesn't teach men how to pleasure us. So there's a there's a big piece of that, too, is that like, you know, he's I don't know what their sex life is like, but if it's not good and it's because probably he learned from porn, um, there's a lot that needs to be explored. And so it is a, it's a communication piece around like, Hey, this is the science behind porn. And also like you're, I'm making an assumption. You're not pleasing me. I don't feel pleased. Right. Like this isn't, this isn't good for me yeah. and I want it to be, that's important to me. You know, mm. you're right. Because she wouldn't be writing in if her sex life was robust and filled with vitality. Obviously she's right. feeling the effects of his porn use. Right. Oh, that sucks. It's so bad. It's really hard. I don't know what age range, but like our age range, mid twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, it's, it's really pervasive. 
um, the amount of, in my clinical practice, the amount of people I've sent to treatment for porn addiction, astronomical. Yeah. Truly. To all the male listeners, do not DJ on our clits. Yeah. What is that about? Don't. (laughs) Scotty, don't ever. Scotty, don't. Scotty doesn't know how. (laughs) Scotty doesn't know. (laughs) On that note, switching gears, before I let you guys go, one final question for you. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Hmm. Okay. I can tell you what's been the most effective for me since the breakup. Yeah. Heal your inner child. Do the work to reconnect with her or him or them. Reparent them the way that Mm. that child always wanted to be parented. Meet those deficits. Show up with tenderness and kindness and love towards your inner little child. Because I tell you, and I mean this with so much sincerity, when you get activated in dating and you get really intense emotions, that's your inner child. Mm-hmm. And, sh- and, and they need love and support. Mm-hmm. Victoria? That's good. Um, I think what I said, right? Like the type of lover I am to my friends and my family, it's never confusing. Nobody's ever confused if I love them. So it's, if it's confusing, it's probably not for you. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Love it. You know Perfectly what I mean? Sad. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Boom. Mic drop. You guys, this has been so, so wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find each of you? Where can everybody find shit talking shrinks and whatever else you want to shout out? So Shit Talking Shrinks is on all the major platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google. So just type in your search. TikTok. Yeah. Victoria creates hilarious videos. Truly. Like they make me pee my pants. But all the major platforms you can find us. We also have, um, you know, our own clinical practices. So for me, if you're in Denver or Chicago and you're looking for a therapist, I specialize in anxiety, OCD, and trauma. And um, Victoria has her own practice and does a lot of addiction work, amazing work. Um, So if someone's struggling with substance abuse or a loved one is, she is your girl to call. But yeah, Shit Talking Shrinks is, we have merch too. Just Google us, you'll find us. And if you need someone to really tell you, tell it how it is and not beat around the bush, go listen to them and not me. (laughs) (laughs) Alana, you're the best. Know who you're you're getting your advice from. Yes. You're the best. Thanks for having no, us you on. Are. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in, I will have everything linked in the show notes so you can follow them. Make sure to watch the video clips on social. You could also watch this whole episode on YouTube if you just listened to it, but now you want to watch it, go watch mm. it, put it on that TV and give a five-star rating and review. Give them a five-star rating and review too on Shit Talking Shrinks. It goes such a long way and means so much to us. So please do all of that and send this episode to a friend who needs to hear it, share it on your story, tag us all if you loved it. And I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.